The 630 Chad Afternoon News with Jaylen Nye and Andrew Gross. Weekdays at 2 on 630 Chad. Engaging conversation with Jaylen Nye and Andrew Gross. Breaking news with Eileen Bell and sports with Morley Scott. This is the Afternoon News on 630 Chad, Edmonton's breaking news and conversation station. It's uh, Tuesday on the 6.30 Chad Afternoon News. It's Jalen Nye, Andrew Gross on holidays this week. Producer Brad joining me in Andrew's chair today. Two more days. Today and tomorrow. Oh, yeah. Then both (laughs) of you leave me on my own. Completely. Just alone on an island. Just alone. You'll be great. You'll be great. Yeah, yeah, whatever. We have a good lineup on Thursday. Things are looking good. Well, Kelly Keane's going to pop in on Thursday. Always a great conversation with Kelly. Uh, Gord Steinke will be in, as usual. We haven't talked to Gord in a little while. So that'll go. be good on Thursday. Um, on Tomorrow, Dr. Gans going to be joining us. I always love chatting with Gans, From inside and outside the studio. We had... Um, he had sent me uh, uh, some ideas about what to talk tomorrow about. And I said, well, you know what? One of the things that I want to talk about tomorrow, though, with him is getting your kid, your grandchild, your niece, your nephew, whatever, ready for back to school. Because um, I, I think that there can be some... Uh, s- some kids are, are excited. Some kids can't wait to get back to school. My niece and nephew are are just thrilled. They just want to get back. They want to get back to basketball. They want to get back to soccer. They want to, you know, all that sort of stuff. But they like school. There's a lot of other kids out there, though, that um, maybe don't like school as much and have a lot of anxiety about going to school and um, it's a tough time for them and their families. So we're going to talk to him about that. How were you when you went back to school? I was always the kid at the beginning of July that went "Ah, 60 some more days until I go back to school. That's an eternity. Beginning of August you think okay well I still have a month. That's yeah. That's 30 days away. And then that weekend, Labor Day weekend, yeah. was a nightmare. Mm-hmm. You know, and <laughs> I didn't really like school, but I went. Yeah. It's, I, didn't, uh, I didn't skip many classes or anything like that, but the anxiety did kick in. And I think another thing we need to bring up with Gans tomorrow is kids making that transition from elementary to oh. junior high and then making <laughs> that transition from junior high to high school. Because... It's huge. Do do they have junior highs here, don't they? Doesn't it go up to like mm, nine or something? How does it break down here and then 10, 11, 12? Yeah, I think it it? goes till, but I think junior high is grade six or seven to nine, and then high school is 10 to 12. Oh, really? That's an Ontario thing. I didn't have junior high. Oh, I had junior high. Oh. I went to kindergarten to grade six, grade seven and eight in a different school, and then nine to 13. Oh. And there's a big change, grade nine to 13. So if you're coming in for me, for example, oh, my husband just says, yeah, we have junior high. Okay. Um, For me, uh, going into grade nine, I was a young grade nine. I started school when I was four. So I was 12 years old going into grade nine, 12 just turning 13. And so I'm going to school with kids who are 18, sometimes 19 years old. Yeah. And, uh, you know, walking in the hallways, it was uh, it, w- it was a little bit of a scary time. Well, you're going to school with legal adults at that point. 
<laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. Those kids in school yeah. could go to the store, buy smokes, buy booze, I'm everything still sleeping you needed. With, I'm still sleeping with my teddy bear, and these, yeah. these people are driving, right? <laughs> yeah, and for me, it was kindergarten. Then I actually went to the same elementary school from grades 1 to 8, and then high school grades mm. 9 to 12. So that leap from... Eight to nine, and then going to school again with 17, 18 yeah. year olds, it's, it's intimidating. Well, I have some friends uh, whose uh, kids are getting ready to go back, and they get quite anxious, and there's, there's some worry there, certainly with. Um, we, we talked about that Queen Bee syndrome yesterday about right. mean, um, mean kids, uh, specifically mean females, uh, high school girls who turn into, you know, the uh, Queen Bee syndrome types in the office and turns into be a, a toxic uh, workplace. But I, I have some friends. Whose, whose kids um, are doing really great in the summer as soon as they get out of school. But once they get back in there, then the bullying starts again. And, um, and, and they're really struggling because the schools that they're dealing with, the administration at the schools, are not doing anything about it. And I was reading a story today out of um, Seattle, Washington, about a little boy. He was six years old. Six years old, and uh, he stood up to a group of kids who was bu- who who were bullying his friend. Now, his friend he was only like five years old. Five years old? Like, come on, what are you doing? And there's there's a difference, I think, when you look back, Brad, and you think about um, bullying. I don't even know if it was bullying when we went. I think he always had someone who was a jerk. I think bullying, I think that has changed over the years. But in this case, this little six-year-old, six years old, walks up to the group and um, confronts the bullies. And uh, he says they were just beating his friend up, beating him up really, really bad. He said he told them to stop, and then they did it to me. They beat him with rocks and sticks, rubbed sawdust in his eyes. Uh, He ended up with a broken arm, cuts and bruises across his face and head. Now, six years old. Six years old. Um, They found the five-year-old who started all of this and now plan to get social services involved. So a five-year-old, this is five, six years old, and a kid ends up with a broken arm. How does that happen at that age? That's incredible that that happened at that age. I mean, I remember when I was six, I got into a little tussle in the schoolyard, but it ended with one kid getting hit, and then that was it. I mean, the extremes that these kids have gone to, I mean, sawdust in the eyes? A broken arm. Kid walked away with a broken arm. And, and you know it was over nothing. Well, they're five years, nothing. five and six years old. Well, that's you what know, I mean, right? What is it about? You know, whose bike that someone is riding? Whose bike is you cooler? Know? <laughs> yeah, I just, uh, and then I start looking back. And I know oftentimes Chedville gets in on this one when we talk about something like this, about, you know, is that a learned behavior? Like at that age, is that something that's happening in the household? Is it something that's happening maybe um, with an older brother, an older sister, with mom, with dad, whatever it is, but boy, oh boy, it's just brutal. Yeah, it makes you wonder all those other circumstances that could yeah. or may be playing in. And I mean, yeah. you mentioned children's services getting involved. Yeah. Well, I at mean, five years old, I think you got to wonder. I think you got to wonder what what leads a five year old to to start something like that. That it goes as far as as the other kid ends up with a, bra- a broken arm. Now, I get there's play. 
I get there's play, and I get there's there's play all the time that um, it results in injuries. My gosh, my brother and I played together all the time, and um, if I wasn't getting hurt, he wasn't getting hurt, but it wasn't a deliberate thing. No, and you need to nip that in the bud now, mm-hmm. because if those things are happening when they're five or yeah. six, and this isn't the case for every time no, this no, sort of thing happens, but if you're a parent of one of those children that was involved in the bullying process... You got to stop that now. Yeah. Because like, like, what would you do if you were that parent? Like, either of those parents. I, I'm guessing that the parent of the the bully might not do anything. Oh, it was just a one-off. It was, you know, whatever. I wonder how surprised that they would be to hear about what had happened. But as the parent of the child that ended up, you know, fairly hurt with a broken arm, what do you do in that case? Jeez. And I'm not. And hey, I, like I said a million times on the show, I got my boys when they were 15 and 18, so I didn't have experience with this. When I was a kid, I was always a big kid, right? I I I um always had some height on me and and that sort of thing. I did get pushed around, um, mainly by boys. Um, and in in those cases, I oftentimes just took it into to my own hands. I can remember. Um, there was one boy named Jeff and he would, he, he teased me mercilessly and I got so fed up one day. He was following me home. We took the same roads back home, except he kept going one way and I turned off and, and I just got so fed up with him. I turned around and I punched him in the face and I broke his glasses and guess what? He never bugged me again. Yeah. Okay, he never bugged me again. Um, and the same thing happened. And I, gosh, I remember his name, Steve Tahar. And um, when, and I, if, the, if it happened now, I, I'm sure that kids would end up in the principal's office about it. But when I was in grade seven and the girls are starting to develop, girls are starting to, to develop and the girls are starting to develop, <laughs> if you know what you mean. You're starting to wear, you know, maybe a bra and that sort of stuff. And sometimes the boys would come up and, They'd squeeze, right? They they would squeeze, um, and it hurt, and it and it hurt it hurt a lot. And I finally got so fed up with it, I chased Steve Tahar out into the soccer field, and yeah, he never did it again. Let let's put it that way. But I was lucky enough that I was a big enough and maybe tough enough girl, confident enough to do that. And I worry about some of these other kids who just don't have that, and then don't get the support from the, their teachers, from their schooling, um, because I know from friends kids who are going through just incredible bullying that their school is doing absolutely nothing about yeah and uh you know i was getting bullied i mentioned the story about being six years old and i got pushed around in the in the schoolyard and i punched the kid in the nose yeah and he started bleeding everywhere but i also got hit by him not nearly as bad but i walked to the principal's office and even though I was getting bullied, when I went home mm-hmm. <laughs> and my dad got home from work, he made it very clear that you don't do that again. When your dad was a police officer. Well, he took off his belt and he smacked it against his dresser. <laughs> and I can still hear that yep. crack in my yeah. ear thinking about that story. But it made me learn that violence is not the answer. And that's all you can hope for these parents to say, don't do that again no matter the circumstance because it gets nowhere really at the end of the violence will not like people well, can go away you know but what? it doesn't mean they'll continue to attack you right yeah and having said that like i said so my two bully or not they weren't bullies my two 
got people that aggravated me. They weren't bullies. I, I would I would hesitate to call them bullies, but they were just an aggravation. Let's put it that way. In 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 that case, the one you know turned around broke uh, broke his glasses. He never bugged me again, and Steve Dehar never bugged me again. So it's hard to sometimes say you know that turning around and giving a little bit back is not going to to help maybe sometimes you have to stand up for yourself i don't know i don't know what's uh what's the answer and then when you look at social media into the whole thing as well as far as i'm concerned that's just a whole other hornet's nest hi eric hey how you doing today good today good what's going on hey how much time do i have first and foremost that's a dangerous (laughs) question (laughs) <laughs> because, well, I, I have um, a couple of things I'd like to say. Uh, I believe that bullying now, um, it's not like that. Like, I'm 44. Mm-hmm. And back in the, in the, quote, day, there was more accountability to it because the parents and the teachers had more, um, I don't know if you want to say power, but more authority. Well, I was afra- I was afraid of my not my I was afraid of getting sent to the to the principal's office and getting the strap. I am still scared of my dad. <laughs> okay, <laughs> me like, too. You know what I mean? Like, but I have a story. If if you wouldn't mind just giving me a few seconds, yeah, absolutely, like, Eric. Go ahead. I was in the service for twenty five years, and when I got posted back to Edmonton, I went looking for my bully. I was. Uh, born and raised in Fort Saskatchewan, Alberta, just outside of Edmonton here. And I went looking for him. Because I'm like, I'm going to find this guy and I'm going to teach him a lesson. Mm. Because he bullied me from basically grade 9 all the way to uh, grade 11 till I joined the service. And I met a bunch of my friends and we were at the bar and we were. I'm like, where is this guy? And they're like, oh, you didn't hear Eric? I'm like, what do you mean hear? Well, that bully killed himself. Oh, my gosh. And I felt so horrible for mm. hating that kid for so long. So, like, part of my story is if we if we would have these anti-bullying laws back then, I bet you that guy would still be alive. However, I have a, a young boy. He's half Filipino and half Irish, and sometimes he – I've had to – I've had to go pick him up from school because got, uh, people bug him. Mm-hmm. And he stands up for himself. And, and, but I've told him, I'm like, my, my little boy, my hero, his name is James. Mm-hmm. And I say to him, like, listen, like, I respect that the fact that you're standing up for yourself, but hitting people is not the answer. But, but like, I agree with you, ma'am. You, if you don't stand up for yourself, mm-hmm. what kind of lesson... Are you teaching our, our? Are we teaching our kids? And and that's another thing. Parents nowadays uh, don't sit them in front of the computer and all that. Be a parent. And I think yeah. there's a lack of parenting. To be honest with you, because I understand the economy now and and it's busy, busy, busy. And but you know, like when I had my boy, I was working up at Fort McMurray and I quit. I came back to uh, Edmonton. I got a job that wasn't paying as much, but I wanted to be a dad. Yeah. You know, and, like, I don't know. I don't know what I'm getting at, but bullying now, as far as I'm concerned, has basically no accountability because, like, Facebook and 
I just, it, from what I'm yeah. hearing, and, and you know what, Eric, from what I'm hearing is, you know, at, at a lot of the schools, it seems like um, those in charge at the schools have their hands tied to do anything about it. Yes, they do. Yeah. And like, as, as a parent, I trust uh, the education system to do what's right when, when, I'm at, when I'm at work. And I mean, there's a fine line between discipline and abuse. Every mm-hmm. good parent, every good educator, every good policeman, they know that. But it's got to the point now where it's like, there's taking away the authority, as far as I'm concerned, is, is what's happening. Eric, I appreciate you taking the time to uh, share the story with us and give us a call anytime at 4960063. Lots of texts coming in right now. How are you feeling? How do you deal with this as your kids, maybe your grandkids getting ready to go back to school at 4960063? Just as we go to break, this one from a high school teacher it says, I can tell you that often we are unaware of the bullying as kids don't tell us, try to deal with it themselves. Uh, take it to social media and cover up for each other. To lie is a daily occurrence for many. Many, and we often hear, why wouldn't you lie? If you can get away with it, why not? This doesn't help us get to the truth and find out what's happening when we do suspect things. Lots of texts coming in, and we'll get to more of them at 6.30, 6.30. Like this one, Jamie says, you know what? Good afternoon. Bullying for me stopped as soon as we passed the bully's house. Now it follows kids everywhere. It's Jay Lynn, Brad Whisker this afternoon, and you on the phone. Hi, Sasha. Hi. 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 What's going on? Well, I just wanted to make a point that I don't really think, like, I'm 22 years old, and the last story was really, really um, a good thing for everyone to hear that how bullying can affect someone for a lifetime. And I don't really believe at 22 years old, I don't believe that bullying ever really stops. I think that as adults, we learn how to deal with it. And maybe in our 20s, we figure out how we can, how to keep it to ourselves, when is a good time to express it in, in public and in private. But as children, they're not emotionally stable. They're not emotionally um, developed yet to understand. So they need an adult help, um, aka an educator um, or a parent or a grandparent or, or a caregiver. But that's what we call like bullying today in our adult world is sexism, racism, intimidation. And a lot of times nobody wants to deal with that. And nobody wants to deal with that, especially in the workplace and public. So it just depends on what we call it, how we deal with it, and how we're going to teach future generations how to deal with it. Because right now, the, the last comment, I believe his name was Eric, the last comment he made about sitting your kids in front of the television, well, that's, where they're, that's, where, that's who's teaching them is the television. The people make, it goes a long conversation about who's teaching our children, mm. but clearly with the story of broken arms, that just makes the point that the kids went too far, and, and where was the adult during that time? Yeah. Why were the kids alone? They're so young. How, how do they know what is breaking an arm? What, like, you know, how, how do they know to do it? <laughs> yeah. Exactly, yeah. exactly, you know. You know what, Sasha, we talked yesterday on the show about uh, workplace, and, and uh, we ended up with a number of texts coming in from people talking about bullying in the workplace as an adult, and the number of people who, who shared their story with us that they're off work, or their wife or their husband is off work because of bullying in the workplace. You know, it, it doesn't, it hasn't necessarily changed for some people as as an adult. It manifests itself in different ways when you yeah. become an adult. You do it in different ways, um, but for children, I mean, Sasha, you brought up the point of uh, 
of kids, what they're seeing on TV and, and mm -hmm. social media. We've talked about this before, yep. the social media impact, the video game impact. Children just, you know, they take notes from what they've seen or what they've played, and then they bring it on yeah. to the, the playground at school, and, and this is the sort yeah, of thing is. that comes up. Sasha, thanks for the phone call. Appreciate uh, you giving us a shout. And Peter, we have about a minute and a half. Peter, what's on your mind? Oh, well, I was just going to tell you what I think was kind of a funny story. When I was in grade six, there was some kids that used to bully me. There was three of them that used to take my glasses at recess and yeah. play keep away with them, which I didn't like so much. No, not at all. And so one day I just kind of lost my temper. I grabbed the guy that was kind of the ringleader all the time and grabbed him by the arm like a hockey fight and started just punching him in the face. <laughs> and first of all, I was probably more surprised than him that I was winning the fight. But the second thing is, he kind of put his head down and I hit him right on top of the skull. Oh. And then they broke the fight up and then went home for lunch. And by that time, my hand was about the size of a basketball. <laughs> and I broke a couple of knuckles and had to have my hand all wrapped up for a couple of weeks. Mm. But Did they bug you again? Me. You know what? The, the ringleader guy moved away after grade six, but a couple of his buddies stuck around. And, and yeah, they would do it. But then mm. after that, like about once a year during junior high, uh, you know, somebody took a beating and then they'd stop. No. Peter, thanks for sharing. Thanks for giving You're us welcome. a call this afternoon. All right. You, so many of you have texted in at 630-630. I do want to circle back around to this topic. Uh, we do have a couple of guests book in the next hour, but want to circle back around um, in some of that time that we can find probably just after the 330 news because I want to read all of these texts. It's amazing that you've taken the time uh, at 630-630. Want to take a break here for the 230 news. On the other side, we're going to dial up Scott. Maxwell, who is the executive director of Wounded Warriors Canada, talk a little bit more about the work that they are doing across the country and right here in Alberta to help uh, our veterans, to help our serving members and to help our first responders. And uh, they couldn't do it without the help of you, Chadville. The 630 Chad Afternoon News with Jaylen Nye and Andrew Gross. Weekdays at 2 on 630 Chad.